Well, good morning, friends. Like Becky said, my name is Mary Brown, and I'm really glad to get to be here with y'all today. Uh, In part because so many of y'all are my friends and my family, uh, but some of y'all I don't I don't know at all. We need to get to know each other a little bit. Uh, conveniently, there is a bio about me in the bulletin, and it pretty much says everything you need to know about me. Uh, I am originally from Florida, and willing to claim it. I am married to a brown, and willing to claim it, which I think is even more noteworthy. But probably the two most important words in this bio are wilderness trail. Uh, Many of you are familiar with the backpacking ministry that is Wilderness Trail. The youth from First Waynesville went and participated there this summer. Uh, At this point in my life, my husband is the director of Wilderness Trail, but I have nurtured an obsession with Wilderness Trail since uh, I was about 14. And I'm so obsessed that my church likes to tease me about how often I talk about Wilderness Trail in sermons, like you could play a bingo game with it or something. And I figured if I have one sermon to preach here, I might as well talk about Wilderness Trail because it's what I do. But it's also relevant to why I'm here today because Wilderness Trail really is the reason that First Waynesville is special to me because it was my home church for the seven years when I got to work at Wilderness Trail. Being the director of Wilderness Trail was my first like big girl full-time job after I graduated from seminary. Uh, This was back many years ago when the ministry was a lot smaller and uh, they might do something as silly as hire someone with no real school skills for administration to do a job that's mostly administration for 10 months out of the year. I also got to move from Colorado to North Carolina to work at Wilderness Trail, which is a pretty big move. But I was in my mid-20s and a special kind of overconfident, so I wasn't intimidated by that. And on top of that, I'd already made some big moves in my life. Like I had moved from Florida to Georgia, and then Georgia to Colorado, and so Colorado to North Carolina, I got this. And besides, I had friends in Waynesville, easy peasy. Easy peasy. But here's the thing. It would be the first time in my life that I would make a move not to start at a school. And that's different. When you move someplace to start at a school, like you're landed there with other students who are trying to meet new people all at the same time. And when you're landed in a place to start at a school, they literally hand you your new routine in the form of a class schedule. And immediately arriving in Waynesville, I knew that this was going to be different. I mean, here I was starting at a job where I was the only employee working out of my house, and to be completely honest, I really had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. And so I got nervous. I needed people, I needed routine. 
And this is where First Waynesville comes in for me. I can remember the first Sunday showing up here. And it's funny, even though I already knew a lot about this church through Wilderness Trail, even though I already knew a lot of people, I was still nervous. And maybe for some of you, when you showed up here for the first time, maybe you felt similar. You already knew some people, but there's a a nervousness about the first day somewhere. Like when I go to service, do people show up early or everyone show up late? Everyone shows up late. When you get there, how do people dress? What should I wear? At that stage in my life, I wore mostly like male Carhartt clothing for some reason, and is that gonna fit in? And so I think I like shook out and tried to de-wrinkle the one dress I had bought for my college graduation and um, walked into church on a Sunday morning and frantically started scanning the room for a familiar face. Who will be my buddy? Who will be my buddy? Who will be my buddy? And then I saw Kevin Brock. I actually don't know if Kevin was literally the first person that I made eye contact with, but he was one of the first. Because I remember his big smile lighting up his face, and he said words to me that have become, over the years, important to our friendship. Mary Brown! No way, that's not what he said. That wasn't my name. Mary Wood, I'm just so excited. And he kept saying it. That was the really cool thing. See, I knew Kevin. I knew him from Wilderness Trail. I knew Philip and Rachel, his kids, and Donna, his wife. And so we had this friendship. And he was excited that I was starting this new job and would be here in this church. And so every time he saw me show up at church, he would say, Mary Wood, I'm just so excited. And now, even to this day, when Kevin and I see each other, we we like to exchange this. We're just so excited. And that became a feeling that I got everywhere I went at First Waynesville. Now, not everyone was like Kevin and said it literally out loud, but I felt it. I felt it when I showed up here in the gym on Sunday mornings or more often in the balcony at 11 o'clock because 11 o'clock was a much better time for me when I was in my 20s. I felt it on Sunday nights when I came for youth or Tuesday nights for a Bible study or Wednesday evenings for a meal. I just had this sense that people were glad I was here. And very quickly, I knew that this was a place I could come I could find people, and very quickly, I built the routine of my life around this church. It gave me what I needed. And I think it's what everyone needs. We all need a place where we can show up and have not just people and routine, but people where we know they're excited that we're there where we can feel at home and welcomed and belonging. Everyone needs that. And that is the point of Jesus' story in Luke 14. When he he tells us, you know, when you invite people to a party, don't just invite the people who can invite you back. 
Invite everyone. Invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, the homeless, the struggling, the outcasts. Invite everyone. We could reframe that just a little bit and say, when people show up at church, don't just be excited about the people who look like you, act like you, the folks who would make good volunteers, the folks that you want to hang out with after church. No, be excited about everyone who walks through those doors. But sometimes, sometimes it is hard if we're honest with ourselves, to be excited about everyone who walks through those doors. And I'm willing to admit it. Sometimes people walk through the doors of my church and my first thought is, this person's gonna be really high maintenance. And I say that in the most loving way and I also say that as it takes one to know one, But some people just are, and they have it written all over them. As a pastor, I've learned to identify this a a little more quickly than I used to. See, one of the really great things about being a pastor is that you kind of have to act like a Jesus follower. It really holds you accountable to that. And one of the great ways for me is that If left to my own devices, I do tend to hang out with people who are kind of like me in a lot of ways. But as a pastor, people come to the church and come to me who are very different from me and who have really different needs, really critical needs, like like housing. And when those people come to me, I I know this is, Jesus wants us to welcome these people. And so, and I want to do good things for Jesus and I want to help them. But I have learned that needs like that are really complicated. And they can never be checked off really quickly in like a 15 minute interaction. I'll give you an example. A few years ago at Silva First, I had uh, someone come, one of the choir members came up and knocked on the parsonage door one evening and he said, we're there at choir practice but someone showed up at church and they need help. Uh, they need, they don't have any place to stay tonight. What do we do? And I said, well, dinner is cooking but you know what? I got about 30 minutes. Let's do this. Let's help someone for Jesus. And so choir member and I got in his truck and we followed these people to a nearby hotel and I was feeling pretty good about myself, like gonna do something for Jesus and be back for dinner. And so we got to the hotel and I walked into the office and I went to the clerk and I said, I'm a pastor and I want to help these people and I'm gonna buy their hotel room for the night. Okay, that's great. And then I walked back out to them and I said, you know, you're welcome, I got you your hotel room. And they said, did you tell him about the dog? But no, I, I, didn't, I did not tell him about the dog. Um, uh, side note, they have a dog, is that cool? That is not cool. So the dog is not cool. Can the dog stay in the car? The dog cannot stay in the car. What's the nearest hotel that would have a dog? An hour away? But I'm hungry. Helping people for Jesus never goes as quickly as I think it will. Because people's problems are real and multi-layered 
and complicated. And that's okay, except that, to be honest, sometimes I, I do get tired. Some days, people walk in the church and I can tell, I can tell that they're high maintenance that they have complicated needs. And instead of saying, hello, I'm so excited you're here, I am tempted to pretend that I'm really caught up in this conversation over here. But that's not what Jesus is asking of us. Jesus wants us to go right to those people and to be excited about them being here too. And there's all sorts of reasons that we should do that, not least among them, simply because Jesus says to. But this week, I noticed something in the story that gave me a clue as to a a good reason that might hold us accountable for being excited for anyone who walks through these doors. See, in this story, the way Jesus tells it, he says, you know, don't just invite people who can invite you back. Don't just reach out to those who can reciprocate. And and I started thinking about this idea of, of reciprocating, like those who can pay you back. And then it dawned on me, well, thinking back to my first day showing up here, I needed someone to be so excited about my being here Then I thought about it a little more and and thought about those people who wear their high-maintenance status on their sleeve. And I thought, well, the truth of it is, I am really high-maintenance, too. I mean, I told you it takes one to know one. If I were going to write this bio a little more honestly, it might say, you know, Mary Brown, she's from Florida, and she's married to a Brown, and she is really obsessed with Wilderness Trail. And then if you really get to know her and become good friends, every now and then she gets in this like quandary over making a decision and she will talk to you obsessively about it and you'll get really bored with it because the answer is obvious, but she's going to need to keep talking about it and you'll have to keep being her friend. And that's just like the tip of my high maintenance iceberg. I mean, I've got all my stuff too. I just don't wear it on my sleeve. We've all got our own stuff, don't we? If we really start doing life together, eventually we get beyond the surface and discover the deep, complicated needs in all of our lives. And so, yes, maybe some people show up and it's really obvious, but it's there for all of us. Every one of us has a deep need to find our people and build our life together. Every one of us has a deep need to find a place where we know every time we walk through the doors, no matter what state we're in, the people who are there are going to be excited that we are there. And when we do church together, we have the opportunity to build just that kind of place for everyone. I have known First Waynesville to be that kind of place. And I hope that you have too.
So let's let that multiply. To let this church continue to be a haven, an outpost, a refuge, a place where all can come, where we are excited about everyone here, where we can all seek Christ together. Amen.